Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms and today I have a very special guest on the line that I'm going to introduce in just a minute and I want to thank our sponsor and that is Overcomer Movie. You can find out more information at overcomermovie.com and guys you're not going to want to miss this movie. It is um, amazing. I got to watch a preview and it's by um, Alex Hendricks and the creators of The War Room. And I always call it The Prayer Room, but it's The War Room. And um, they have just outdone themselves with this movie. They also have Courageous Fireproof, Facing the Giants, and some others that you probably have watched. And it's a really good family film, especially for those of us who are sports families. But it just is a tearjerker, but you'll enjoy it. It's actually coming out in theaters the end of August, but if you miss the uh, theatrical release, then you um, are really encouraged by me anyway to get the digital version. Well, today we are going to talk about Wonder Bubbles, and you can find the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com, episode 365, Look for Wonder Bubbles. And you may be wondering what Wonder Bubbles are because I had no clue until my amazing sister-in-law, Nikki DeSalvatore, who's on the line with me now, um, shares things with me from time to time. And I am always just blown away with her ability to teach. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about um, your family and your teaching experience. Um, I have um, an amazing husband, um, a.k.a. your brother, that I've been married to <laughs> for 15 years. And um, I like to say that he's the left uh, side of the brain of the family, and I'm definitely the right. Um, I have a son, a very conservative son, Luke, and a very liberal son, uh, le- uh, daughter, Lexi. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I continue to pray for her every single day. Um, I've taught for 21 years. Um, this is going into my 21st year, um, predominantly kindergarten through um, second is my experience. Um, some of the things that I'm proud of, uh, I was nominated for Disney Teacher of the Year Award. I did not win, but I was nominated out of my school a few years ago when I used to teach in Florida. And um, writing is par- probably, out of everything, my passion um, I've won a couple of grants and um, and truly uh, hone in on that area of teaching because it's just my passion. Um, I really believe. I didn't in even know this based. stuff. Oh really? You didn't know that? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew about the yeah. teaching part, but I didn't know about all the little awards and everything. See, she doesn't tell me this yeah. stuff. So well, that's really okay. cool, Nikki. Yeah. Thanks. So go ahead. But. Um, from my experience, um, I think it's just the way my brain works, but um, whole brain teaching and um, project-based learning, that's how I've experienced that my kids learn more is when I um, take whatever I'm supposed to be teaching them and turn it into a project. That's why the Wonder Bubbles are such a hit um, because they can just um, really take that topic and make it their own. And it has a lot of choice and voice in it, which um, we know that through a study that that if a child can choose what they're going to learn about and how they're going to learn about it, then they will embrace it. 
uh, more than we just dictating and telling them what to learn about. So that's why Wonder Bubbles are so um, fun for me because I see how excited the kids get. Um, I also try, like when I teach, um, I know you had mentioned, you know, laughter and teaching, but I've I've always been good at like inspiring the kids. And um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like my thing. And it goes along with, you know, laughter, because if, you know, the cliche is, you know, they don't know you care, they're not going to know, you know, they're not going to care about what you know. And, that, and that's so true. That connection is vital. And so for me as a classroom teacher, I really take the first month uh, along with the academics because we can't take a whole month just to, um, you know, try to connect with your class. But I really do try to have team building activities and I try to really get to know who they are because if you do that, you're the rest of your year's cake. I mean, there's always going to be things coming up, but it truly – it makes such a difference in the same way with your own kids at home. When you really spend that time and, and get to know what makes them tick, it, it lasts um, throughout their education as well. Oh, absolutely. And you should see what she has at home for Luke to do. There's always an amazing <laughs> array of, of stuff that you do with, with him as well. And he's, he's a super bright kid. So, um, and I wonder why Nikki is because, you and Joe have poured so much love into him and he's, he's amazingly lovable. It was, it was funny. You guys were visiting one time and whenever I think of Luke, I smile because, you know, my brother's telling him, you know, Oh, did you know, you know, Aunt Felice writes and he's like, yeah, you know, he's worked like on his tablet or whatever. It's like, Oh, please don't bother me with this stuff. So Joe's going on going, yeah. yeah. And then, and then I said, um, he said, well, where can you find your books? And I said, on Amazon. So Luke's little eyes, you know, kind of yeah. brightened. And he goes, Amazon? And I go, yeah. So um, I showed him where my books were on Amazon. And all of a sudden, he, like, looked at me. He goes, oh, my gosh, you're famous. So it was like my books had yeah. to be on Amazon for me to be famous. And then it was a new appreciation of the book I had handed him. But it was so cute. But, yeah. yeah so he to this day talks about that. That's funny. That is so funny. Well, you know, what happened um, with Nikki is, is it like Nikki will send me stuff because I'm always booing and awing over her ideas and, and stuff that she comes out with. And, you know, and I know that this has been out there, but after, you know, I said, well, like, what is this called? And you sent me a couple of screenshots of um, some yeah. of your students' works that I thought was really neat. And I, And you said, oh, they're wonder bubbles. And I said, what is that? So first of all, let's just define what a wonder bubble is. So what, you know, for okay. someone like me that had never heard of them before. Right. And again, to reiterate, it, they have been out, but I just kind of took it and kind of made it my own, which is what, you know, mm-hmm. instead of reinventing the wheel. Um, but they're just a great way to teach nonfiction text features. Um, it's a research, basically a research pro- project that they put on a bubble so um, it, it, it puts fun back into the research. Um, it develops open-ended questions, um, higher-order thinking questions with the child. Um, and then at the end, it provides a published project, something tangible they can put up in their bedroom and um, they can, it, you know, boast it to their friends. 
and to their parents um, and be proud of something that they accomplished. Um, it, it gives them choice and voice to um, to be able to choose a topic or a question that they wonder about. So um, basically it starts with a topic or a question. And then um, for the younger children, um, I would say K through, through second, um, that age children, um, what I find is that I, I narrow it down for the topic or um, the subject that I want them to research. And the reason I do this is because their minds, they're not really cognitively ready to think of the whole world and think of what they wonder about. It's just too much and it causes stress on them. But however, the older children, they can, they, they have a broader spectrum. So it just starts with a question or a topic and then. So give us an a, example, like yeah. a question or like a topic would be maybe animals or. Yeah, that's a really or, good okay. Mm -hmm. So animals is always like my go-to um, topic. And mm -hmm. you could just tie in so many different standards with science. And so that's like a go-to topic. Plus, every most children love animals. So what I usually do is um, I would bring in different materials for the child to kind of observe and kind of explore through and, and try to figure out which topic they want. So let's say if it's animals, then I would kind of divide it up into different habitats and then give them the choice and voice of let them choose the habitat. So let's say they choose ocean habitat. Then um, now it, their mind is just focusing on the ocean. And so then from that, they would collaborate with a partner. Um, I like to, in my classroom, we do PBJ partners. So one person's a peanut so butter I mean, yeah, one person's peanut butter and one person's jelly. And so they have to find their PBJ partner. So at the beginning of the year, I um, always pair them up with a high to a medium or a medium to a low or a high to a low so that it's kind of like an accountability partner and it's somebody that kind of helps them through. And, um, and But they don't know. You know, they don't know mm -hmm. why they were paired with this person. But um, anyway, so I... I asked them to get their PBJ partner and they would explore their animal and figure out which animal they want. So let's say they wanted a hammerhead shark. Okay. So then from that, they would come up with a question. So they could say like how they could find out how does the hammerhead shark get his name or, um, you know, if it was a fish, do fish have eyelids, um, an octopus, uh, Somebody has done how uh, how smart is an octopus. So you you take a topic and then you take like for example animals. You choose your animal and then you choose from there. You choose your question. Whereas the older kids, and this is why I love Wonder Bubbles because you can differentiate. It's you can you can use them for older kids, younger kids. An older child, their questions may not be just from a topic or a subject. It may just be, listen, what in what in your mind, what are you wondering about? Um, some of the things that older kids have researched before would be how do flies walk on the ceiling? Um, can computers get faster? Like, are we already at the limit of where we're going to be with technology? Um, how, how do we beat bacteria? What is a consciousness? Um, these are, you know, why do we dream? These are questions that 
typically an older child if they give give them think time to come up with them. So let's say back to the, the elementary. So let's say a child gets a question. All that that takes is a poster board, their question, and then you're ready to go. So that's how it begins. Okay. And then they have time to work on this each day in class. I mean, how do you is this like part of a subject or is this part of your writing? Like what, what subject is this in? So depending on what you're studying about, um, what I usually do, because we do a lot of integrating. So mm-hmm. um, you've got reading, writing, everything integrated science in this. So what I usually do is during my science block, which, you know, it's um, it could only be, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. But I take that time to – for and I had told you like five-day uh, Wonder Bubble lesson, but to that's really the older kids. A true mm-hmm. Wonder Bubble for elementary is about 10 days. So what you're going to do the first day, um, a typical day, you would gather those materials and you would um, allow children to explore and, and figure out which um, – topic or um, animal, for example, they would want. So the materials I put out are like, you know, you could create QR codes for the kids' videos um, just to be able to see, like, you know, like I did pandas. I did a teacher example of pandas, and you can uh, view a panda eating, you know, a bamboo or interacting with their their um, babies, uh, books, magazines. This is something you would do ahead of time. Um, whether it be the librarian to help you out or your local library. Um, And then you would have everything available for them to just kind of explore. They would hone in on what they want to investigate about. And then um, the research starts. So what you do is you take a piece of construction paper, um, not construction paper, I'm sorry, poster board. You can use Mm -hmm. construction paper, but you would have to laminate it at the end. So I use poster board because it's so sturdy. And First of all, they love it. They love that they have this big um, wonder bubble. And all I do is, like, I don't, it doesn't have to be perfect, but I usually make a circle out of one big poster board. So that's the size if you want to visualize that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they um, come up with their question. And so from then, you have your your 10-day journey where you start with fun facts. And that's when I tell the kids, I'm like, guys, a fun fact is different than a fact because a fun fact should be something that like really gets your attention and it's interesting to you. And it's something that they shouldn't already know, you know? Um, and for example, like with the pandas, um, I said, did you know that a panda has an extra thumb? And they're like, Oh wow, that's so interesting. I'm like, okay, so you didn't know that. And that's really interesting to you. And it's interesting to me. So I'm going to add that as my fun fact. So they would gather, the first day they're going to gather the fun facts. And they're going to write them just on a piece of paper, just jotting down notes. And then they're going to later put them on their Wonder Bubble. And this is this is where Wonder Bubbles get so interesting because, and the kids love to do them at home. Like I let, Luke did one, I think he was like three, literally. He could barely even Right, but I did a lot of it with him, but he learned about um, squid, you know, and so this is where it really gets fun because they can take, they are allowed choice of voice, they're allowed creativity. Um, Last Mm -hmm. year I did one with dolphins with a second grader, and she wanted to write her facts 
around a wave. So she just drew a, a light wave, and then she wrote her facts around the wave, and then she erased the wave. So then her words looked like an ocean wave. So you can be very, cool. very creative, mm-hmm. and they love it, um, especially when they're allowed to be creative. They're allowed to figure out for themselves how they want to display on their Wonder Bubble. So for men, there are some um, elements that you want to include on your Wonder Bubble, and I have a list of them here I can tell you. Now, again, depending on your time, depending on your class, depending on what you have in front of you, who you have in front of you, and in what time restraints. I've seen teachers where, you know, in classes where the years I've said, okay, guys, you're going to choose four of these nonfiction text features. And then I've had classes that were like so advanced and they could just whip through it that they they incorporated all of them. So you start with fun facts. Um, the next one is a comparison. And again, that this is how creative you can be. On my example, on, on a, a chart, and let me go back to that. So when you're teaching a Wonder Bubble, you always want to have a chart, just an anchor chart to go through each of the text features and you want to just have a visual, a picture, and a brief explanation. And you want to keep that up the entire time for them to go back and for a reference. And what I usually do is I teach one component a day. And that gives, if you have time, and that gives a child an ample amount of time to learn the text feature, the nonfiction text feature, apply it to their topic, and put it on their board. And, for example, comparison, um, one of my children, um, they actually compared a snake of how long a snake was to um, the length of so many adults. And that was one of their comparisons. And then um, another child did a Venn diagram to compare um their animal to um, another animal. So how they want to to compare it is is up to them. Um, another mm-hmm. one is a close-up. So what you do is um, they're online and they can just type in close-up of this animal or whatever. And um, so like for mine, for a panda bear, I got like the inside of like the, the eye and they can really kind of organize and see um, what, what that looks like. Um, and, and on my example for my chart, I have a close-up of a, um, a shoelace. And so mm-hmm. you could actually see the fibers of the shoelace. Um, the next cool. one is, yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, the next one is a caption um, and then photographs, um, photographs compared to, um, to drawings. Uh, labels, charts and graphs, and maps. And then personally, I have added timelines and, um, and like I said, Venns, Venn diagrams. So, so each day, the, the ideal is to do one component each day. And then they have time to understand what that text feature is, look at your example, and then figure out, okay, so if it's a map, of where a panda lives, let me go ahead and research, find that map, and then try to figure out how I'm going to draw that map on my Wonder Bubble. Now, throughout the years, 
I have had, it depends on, you know, where I'm at, what school I'm at, or if I'm at home, that I've given them a choice that they can take a couple of, um, a couple of nonfiction text pictures and print them out. So let's say a cutaway, which, um, oh, and that's my last one, a cutaway. And a lot of people don't know what I mean by a cutaway, but it's like a picture or diagram of the inside of that, that animal or that part. For example, a kid last year um, did uh, baseball. That was his topic. And he, we learned so much about baseball and, and his, uh, cutaway was the inside of a baseball and what yeah, that consisted cool. of. Yeah, it's really cool. And you sure and it wasn't one of my kids doing that, Nikki? <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, yeah, it, it allows them to, to really dive into what makes them tick. I went to Luke's school. He is going into middle school, so prayers are appreciated. But wow, he goes to a Christian school. I know, right? And so last year I had a day off of my public school and I went and taught Wonder Bubbles to his class and um and you know so it, we didn't have just animals we didn't have to have one you know uh topic so the kids were just allowed to just really think about what interests them and it was so amazing like one person did um famous basketball players and their cutaway was inside of a basketball you could see all the layers and it, it was things that like Luke's was hockey. So there was a lot of sports, but um, there was also specific people and um, they were studying about World War II. So um, there was different things about that, that that some of the kids were interested in. And um, so it really brings choice and voice. And I keep saying that, but it's so, it matters so much when a child gets to choose what they want to learn about instead of me saying, okay, we're going to learn about these nonfiction text features and this is how we're going to learn about it. No, we're, we're going to learn about these, but then I'm going to give you a choice of voice at how you're going to learn about it. And mm-hmm. that can be the, and, and that you take to any subject that you're teaching, as long as you give them a little bit of a choice in voice and all of a sudden they have ownership of it and then they're going to learn more. So you, wow. by the end of each day, end of the, like about 10 days or so, their whole bubble will be covered. Now the background is the last thing. And this is the most exciting for the kids, I would say, because first of all, they have, they have um, their whole bubble co- or covered by now. And now they get to just draw in between all of the different, nonfiction text features. So if you can just visualize like a diagram with labels and so there's a panda with labels and there's a close up and there's a comparison and a map and um oh and a life cycle. I've added a life cycle because especially if you're doing, you know, animals. But right. um and then fun facts and there's a VIN and so all of these interesting things are and the and you've got the title or the question. Um, mine was just a title, Panda, and I wanted to learn everything I could about a panda. But, it, you know, like I said, a child could do an octopus, but ask the question, I wonder how smart an octopus is. So then you would have that question on their wonder bubble. And, again, I've seen it where questions are, like, in a circle. Um, a question is could be presented a- around the edge of the wonder bubble. Again, it's up to the child. Um, I always give them choice and voice over that. So now they're creating their habitat. So let's say you're doing um, 
a habitat on baseball. Okay, so you're like, okay, wow, what? How could I draw a habitat of a baseball? Okay, so then, what we're gonna do is we're think of what is your, what's a a um, team or a stadium that uh, is near and dear to your heart. So whatever stadium, then that you would go and investigate, research about that stadium, and draw the stadium in between all of these nonfiction text features. And so, um, but for example, with the panda, so we researched and we found out that they live in the mountains of China. And so back behind all interwoven throughout these uh, things on my wonder bubble, I have mountains, I have um, clouds and I have trees and I have some bamboo, what they're going to eat. So this is just because I love just I love being creative and so when I was doing this one at home just because I needed it for an example I was like you know Luke I don't know what to do for bamboo but I really want to make this three-dimensional and the kids just go crazy when you allow them to do that and then you know you just put some materials out um, and and just let them be creative so Luke is the one that was like you know what what about a straw I'm like, you know, that's a great idea. And we happened to have these like smoothie straws and they were like lime green and perfect for bamboo. And so I drew the bamboo and then I cut the uh, straws, the smoothie straws to fit my, um, my drawings. Then I took a permanent marker, made a few lines, glued it on, and there's my bamboo and it's three dimensional. And so, you know, it's I've I've put construction paper out and showed them how to make little grass and I've put like pipe cleaners out like one kid last year I was doing I was in charge of like the enrichment writing and he wanted to do a web for his spider and so he made this little body and then he made these little legs and it just it, it really made his Wonder Bubble come to life. And so now it was kind of like this thing of how can I make mine three-dimensional? How can I make mine kind of pop out and be unique? So um, so anyway, so you finish with the habitat, you finish with the background, and then you get to share. And I know a lot of teachers, especially nowadays, it's so hard to like find the time to share or present because, you know, we're always on a time crunch. But this is actually the most important step, yeah, is when um, they get to stand up and share their work or even if you were at home to be able to present. Right. If mom did it with you, to present to dad when he came home. And it just gives them a chance to not only learn because, you know, studies right. say that if you can reteach it, then that's a true um guide that you've really got it so they get to teach mom or dad and then they get to like I said it's a tangible thing that they can hang up in their room so guys as you can hear she's very excited about the wonder book sorry I know I talk a lot <laughs> I love it no because they're used to hearing me chatter on and on and on about stuff so that's why this this month I actually brought in um, a bunch of interviews, which I normally don't do, Nikki. And I have been trying to get Nikki to podcast and write because she is such a wealth of information. And as you were sharing this, Nikki, I'm going to have you write a blog post. I haven't even asked you. I'm just 
you know, requesting that you write yeah. one to go along with this, because I think um, some of the elements that you talked about would be, you know, great to have the visual and have some pictures to demonstrate, because I know what it looks like, because you sent me some, and I was really excited right. about it. And I think that it just really fits in perfectly with a homeschool, because you can use it as sure. part of a mini unit study. If you're studying something and the kids get really excited, because I remember, um, you know, my oldest two, Neil was always um, thinking about the stars and the sky and the rockets, and Christina was always yeah. in the ocean. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was hard to fit both of them together. But if I had known about this technique, you know, which really is is basically like a Venn diagram, but what the the way it's presented is very um, eye appealing, and the kids just get to participate so much. But we are like out of time, and I yeah. am going to definitely have you back some more, Nikki, because you're so fun. And I I don't know if I told you, Nikki, but I also had Jody on because um, she's the resident expert of teaching kids you know, writing and holding a pencil and just oh, different good. things. <laughs> yeah. So I had her on, I, I guess, earlier in the summer. And because um, she's telling me all this stuff and gets all excited. And I'm thinking, oh, the listeners would really like this. So guys, I am, again, so blessed to have all of these talented people in my own family. And uh, Nikki is such a blessing. There's just so much I could say about her. She writes these amazing uh, prayers that um, are just beautifully illustrated, uh, definitely a prayer warrior and, and oh, just an amazing you. mom and teacher. You have um, on your Facebook, I always smile at some of the things that kids say to you at the end of the year and they just yeah. really love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little fan club, <laughs> right? Oh, gosh. I had a, a student when I was teaching that, like, years later, I don't know how he got my phone number, but he called me, like, well into his 20s, and I had him in middle school. Yeah. But yeah. I had really impacted his life, and he used to call, and, you know, he called me, you know, Mrs. G, and and uh, every year he'd check in. Nathan would call me and just see, so I pray for Nathan, because he's definitely a much older man at this point, but you do. Teachers have such an impact on their their students, especially the good ones and the same, you know, with homeschooling. This is just another wonderful element to just bring a nonfiction project instead of writing a paper or a notebook. Yeah, or the something things that are, yeah. yeah, just different. So, Nikki, thank you so much again for coming on and sharing with us. I love you, and I wish you were close. Yeah. So, um so if you want the show notes for today's episode, go to VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for Wonder Bubbles, episode 365. And I will also have a link um, to uh, following Nikki on social media. She's got an amazing Twitter account where she posts a lot of things. And also um, the blog post that she will write the code blog. Your <laughs> 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 only, only family, right? Um, but anyway, take take care, guys. God bless, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.